the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hope hope everybody had a wonderful weekend. And uh, it was wonderful. I was great. I mean, I I do. I have to say, of all these contrived holidays, that's not fair. Of all these holidays that are created, and uh, I think that maybe Father's Day is 100 years old. Maybe it was created around the time of Teddy Roosevelt. But anyway, it doesn't matter. When you have a family... And it's a reason for the family to gather. It's worth uh, whatever, you know, background and all. It was just a great weekend. So I, on Saturday, I was up in uh, New Jersey to visit some family. I visited with some family at the funeral of my great uh, aunt, my Aunt Mary. Not my great aunt, but she's my legitimate straight up aunt. But she was wonderful. She was great. And so that was I saw a bunch of family, including my father and my brother and some others. And then um, Father's Day at home with um, some sports with the kids and church as a family and out to dinner. And it was great. So hope you likewise had an uneventful, excuse me, (laughs) excuse me. I hope you had an eventful and fun Father's Day. Uh, All right. What do you need to know today? Well, this is really interesting. Um, Sunday, Father's Day here in America, but over in um, France, it was again election day. Now, let me make two observations. The first one procedural, the second one substantive, meaning the first one is about how things went. The second about is about what happened. How things went was another election day in France where they voted on one day. Almost everybody voted that day and they counted the votes that day and they got results that day. So now, again, I always concede with people, there's 70 million or so people that live in France. I think they had less than 50% participation. So they only had, you know, let's, let's just pretend it's 30, 35 million people voting. I don't know the specifics, but somewhere around that. So that's different than in America, where we have 350 million people. And if we get 50% turnout of our eligible voters, and I, by the way, I'm doing the math wrong probably on that because it's uh, 70 million. It's probably 50, 30, or I think it was 39 or 40% of eligible voters, of course, not all citizens. So whatever it is, it's a, it's a much bigger problem to run 50 states and, uh, and uh, you know, um, commonwealths like uh, Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., and all these elections on any given national election. But boy, my first comment is France does it pretty well. They do the voting, they do the counting, they do the uh, participation. They don't have a lot of mail-in. They don't have a lot of uh, early voting. I th- so I think they simplify it, but very impressive. Very impressive and a model that we should all be conceding and agreeing should be a goal. I don't know whether p- someone I haven't seen or studied it, do they think that it's particularly easier uh, or it, it adds to the uh, ability to have a good election that it's on a Sunday? I don't know. I'm not, you know, that it's a full on holiday. It's not just another day that could be a holiday. I'm not sure of any of that. But that's one thing. Impressive that they pull off the systems, the process and get the election done without any real uh, major, you know, we got to stop and continue counting. We've got to wait three days, five days, 10 days. Now, 
The second thing, which is even more important than the, the first one, is, whoa, what just happened? It, France uh, just elected, they went from 80, excuse me, they went from eight members of the center-right, we can call it the Conservative Party, under uh, Marine Le Pen, and she got 89 in the parliament. And Melanchin, who's a far-left guy, uh, increased his numbers to close to 200. The point here is it was a massive surge in what was described as populist, nationalist, people that were rejecting the status quo of Macron and what was happening. And especially when it comes to Marine Le Pen, it was only a few months ago when she lost the presidential race to Macron and people said, oh, that's the end of that. And actually, commentators like Nigel Farage and others said, no, 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 head to head presidential in a, in, a, in a European nation like France is tough. But wait till you see what happens in the parliamentary election. That's what uh, Farage said. Was it two months ago when there was a presidential election? And here it is. I'm just telling you, it may remain that at the top of the ticket of races, when it's head to head, that the uh, that the decisions are different than what's happening on the ground. What's happening on the ground in this country and around the world is a, a siding of the voters with people who are running for office, who are candidates for office, who will be on the side of the people. So if you think that's populism, then it's populism. If you think it's good representation, it's good representation. If you think it's something else, it's something else. That's what's happening. It's happening in every corner of every electorate, meaning it's happening for uh, school boards. It's happening for county council. It's happening for Congress. It's happening against Democrats in America. It's happening against some incumbent Republicans, too, I think, although maybe it's harder to see. I mean, at the end of the day, right now, at the end of the day, you have most of the country blaming, associating the state of the country with the Democrat Party because the president is is Democrat and both houses and the Senate and, and the Senate and the House are Democrat. So it's a pretty obvious and natural thing to do. You guys have had control. This is where we are. Holy cow. We don't want any more of this. And that's what you see. That's the association you definitely see. So in France. You're going to have now a ruling uh, parliament, a parliamentary a ruling majority, and it looks like Macron will still control enough, but he'll have to make some deals with some others, and he's clearly going to have to adjust his approach, and maybe even more. He, he did hang on, and so he will have control. He is president. But if the trend continues and inflation's high in France and France's energy costs are way up and all the fundamentals that are, we're experiencing in America are the same as there, and it's very similar there, the French people are likely going to not be happy or not be happier tomorrow than they are today. So when, you, when people say, oh, it's a, it's a nationalist movement or populist movement, I'm not sure what it is, except I know it is a dissatisfaction with the status quo and the direction of things. And in the power right now are people, leaders, combinations of leaders and their, uh, and their legislative bodies that are clearly I'd say it this way, they, they feel to me center left, but even if they're not center left and more liberal, they certainly are for centralizing power. And more and more people are saying, hold on, I'm sick of you engineering, you know, everything from the economy to the judicial system to the fake news 
one after another areas of life that people are just dissatisfied. They're just saying it's not working. And I blame this government. I blame that government. I blame the people in power. And, you know, in the, in the French system, you, you stand for office. And when you're a, a member of parliament, you can be appointed to cabinet posts while you stay in parliament. It's also a tradition in English, in the English system. So you could be like the secretary of, I think, well, there was the secretary of health. And she was also a member of parliament. She'd been elected. Well, she lost. So people are kind of, you know, really uh, pushing back on the people that are in power. And I will say, it, again, it feels to me, and we'll see how it plays out, that part of this, it's an ongoing rejection of the centralization of power, control over the economy, control over the lockdowns, control over COVID, control over all these different aspects of things, including the size and scope of government. Now, France, well, they've got the same problem we have. The size and scope of government is extraordinary there too, but not like ours. So what you should watch and what you need to know is this is another data point on the path towards the fall. And you can have um, as many hearings as you want in Washington about the January 6th committee and the select committee. And you can try to trot out somebody to say, Trump, that I'm going to, you know, brain, I'm going to, um, I'm going to read minds on the January 6th select committee. I'm going to read Donald Trump's mind and say, this is what he meant when he was getting multiple different points of view from attorneys. What he meant was to believe one of them and all the rest of them he wasn't listening to. It's just so stupid. If you know anything about Donald Trump, for example, you know that he loved to get lots of viewpoints. And so he's getting one point from Bill Barr and one point from Professor Eastman and one point from this lawyer and one point from that lawyer. Probably doesn't like lawyers any more than most Americans. But you can have all those hearings all you want. But out in regular America, they're looking up and there's just like they did in France. And they're saying, huh, this these set of people, this set of people that's in charge. These people that have been running things for a while, they're not on my side. They're not looking out for me and my family. And more and more, I think you're going to see a rejection of those in power in favor of new uh, choices, new parties, a new party, in this case in the fall, and new candidates. So we'll see. That's what you need to know. All right. We'll take a break. We'll talk with one candidate in a few moments, Corey Gustafson, who is running for office uh, out in California and San Diego in a congressional district there. And we will also have a chance to uh, uh, talk a little bit more about what you can do in terms of our next topic. I'll be right back and talk about uh, threats against we the people uh, across the country not being covered by the press. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Hey, I mentioned earlier that I would cover some ground today. Uh, and this next segment, I'm going to spend a few minutes talking about how extraordinary something is happening in this country that remains uncovered by our fake news. And I'm actually going to cover it in some depth because it's so stunning to me. And it, that, it, the, the story here is this. Since the... Um, Justice Alito draft opinion leaked over about six weeks ago, seven weeks ago now. It, there has been uh, attacks on pro-life organizations across the country. 
Now you say, oh, well, that's kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, I bet there was, uh, I don't know, one or two of them. I bet there was, uh, you know, right after the Alito thing down the block from where the Supreme Court is, there's a nice pro-life uh, pregnancy resource center and that probably maybe that got hit, but not not much more. I'm looking at a map, an interactive map that shows that there are about 25 recent attacks on pro-life organizations and or on pregnancy research centers, pregnancy resource centers all across the country in the last six weeks. Have you heard that at all? Pro-life pregnancy centers hit, maternity homes, pro-life organizations that do policy all across the country. I'm looking at the interactive map. You've got a whole bunch in in, uh, the D.C. area. That's obvious. But you got one in North Carolina, one in Mississippi, 10 in Texas, two in Colorado, one in Missouri. I guess it's on the Kansas City line. Maybe it's in Kansas City. I can't tell from this map. One in Iowa, one in Wisconsin, a one in Minnesota, and then a couple more over in Michigan. And then out in Oregon, there's like six in Oregon, three or four up in Washington State, and then California, if you even one in Hawaii, even one in Hawaii. Like how I say that, I learned that from Bear Wozniak, who's on the uh, collegians uh, uh, effort with us. Um, how crazy is this? How crazy is it that a draft opinion of the Supreme Court can be out and then a tax tick up and nobody talk about it? Nobody, no, no, no I mean, some people are talking a little bit about it. But no press is addressing it. And by the way, this is just pregnancy research centers. There's churches that have been attacked. The the United States Catholic bishops have said there's been 139 church attacks since 2020. So that's not even including church attacks. And, you know, there's a couple of different groups that seem to be claiming this. Um, There's like this uh, Jane's. Uh, Jane's group or whatever. And they, 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 a lot of the, the, the phrase, the threatening phrase that they put on everything is um, if abortion's not safe, no one is safe. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. That's another way they put it. Um, amazing. And, and no coverage. I mean, extend this to the fact that Justice Kavanaugh was targeted by a guy who came with a gun and zip ties and other material and got within 50 feet of his house. There's a group called Jane's Revenge, which has put out a document saying, as soon as there's a decision, we're calling for a night of rage. Night of rage. Now, I did see one of their uh, lists of, of their talking points of the night of rage was, in part, they said, we're not getting enough attention, and so we need to ask everybody to come on. And we say to our oppressors, if abortions aren't safe, you're not either. Jane's revenge. Where is Merrick Garland? Where is the coverage of this? I mean, shouldn't it be something that uh, that is widely covered? I mean, think about the think about the last ten days. A Supreme Court justice targeted, churches targeted. pregnancy uh, resource centers targeted think tanks or pro-life organizations targeted. It's unbelievable. 
And you wonder why more and more Americans feel like the system is rigged against them because they'll have hearing after hearing. They'll have hearing after hearing on Capitol Hill. Adam Schiff made the rounds, congressman from California, of all the talk shows saying he has secret information that he can't tell anyone yet that will show that Trump is guilty of this or guilty of that. Reminiscent, by the way, of his effort to say that Trump was involved in Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. Turns out he was lying there, too. But in this case, specific case, the map is not does not it's not denied by anybody. Every single map on this uh, interactive map that I'm looking at, you can click on the link and it will tell you the specific instance. Click on the link. Overland Park, Kansas, a sign promoting the proposed value them both amendment, excluding the right to abortion, the state which was uh, which was um, damaged. Okay, so that's sign damage. That's not so bad. I'm not going to be as nervous as as when they have Molotov cocktails in places, which is what they've had other places. Um, Let's see about one of these ones over here in in the uh, Catholic Church in Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Glass front doors shattered, spray painted with a slogan. You do not have the right to decide what people can do. Hashtag pro-choice. See what North Carolina, there's one in North Carolina. A pro-life pregnancy center, windows smashed, defaced with pro-abortion messaging. If abortions aren't safe, neither are you. One after another. Two women's resource centers near uh, Dallas, vandalized over the weekend. A forced birth is murder, not a clinic. That's a spray paint on the side of them. Pro-abortion activists disrupted... uh, a church, a televangelist, Joe Olstein's church in June, screaming, uh, uh, screaming obscenities. And again, back to just go back to the ones from uh, go back to the ones in uh, in the D.C. area. Spray paintings, one thing showing up at the justice's house with a gun and a zip tie. A criminal complaint file said that Nicholas Roski of Simi Valley, California, ha- attempted murder. He's charged. He revealed to detectives his motives were because, quote, I was upset about a leak of the recent Supreme Court draft decision. What would it take for law enforcement and the media to take serious one-sided attacks? Nobody's, uh, I haven't heard, I I should be careful. I haven't heard of any pro-life activist throwing a cocktail, a Molotov cocktail or spray painting an abortion clinic. I haven't heard that. It could have happened. It could have happened. I haven't heard it. And one after another, we have real violence, real property damage, and no conversation. It's a crazy, crazy thing. Well, it's not crazy. It's totally predictable. It's totally predictable. It's totally classic. Exactly what they do. The media... And in this case, law enforcement, I had someone I did an interview on a a TV station, uh, excuse me, a radio station. um, I guess it was this morning. And they said, do you think that um, do you think that Merrick Garland could be impeached if the Republicans took control? And I said, of course, he could be impeached. Now, he probably won't be removed from office because to get impeachment, you have to have, what is it, two thirds of uh, all senators. So you're not going to get there, but he could certainly be impeached by the House. And he might well should be, because as this uh, uh, interviewer said, Where's the attorney general? Where's law enforcement? 
It's against the law to protest at these federal judges' homes, and they're doing it one after another. If you took this map that exists right here, and I'm looking at it, and you showed the map of violence against an entity, do it against the NAACP or traditional black colleges or against a feminist something, you'd have an uproar. And because it's against conservatives, pro-lifers, crickets, crickets. And you wonder why more and more Americans are, are saying out loud, I, I think the system is rigged. It's because they're seeing that the system is rigged. Terrible. And, and you know what we're going to do? It's going to keep going until there's actual killings. And then we're going to have people say, oh, well, I mean, you know, we didn't know it gets so bad. Some of us did. Some of us see it coming. All right, we'll take a break. We got a lot more. We got um, candidate for office and a lot more coming back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, this is a real treat for me. In fact, I have to tell him I was just talking off the air with him. I, uh, Corey, uh, Corey, I didn't tell you, Gustafson, Corey Gustafson, I, I had tracked you before we're having you on the show. I know you won the primary a few weeks ago, and it's Corey for San Diego.com, C-O-R-E-Y, Corey for San Diego.com. But Ted Malik, my friend, of course, a frequent guest on the show, uh, texted me, I think, last week and said, hey, you got to connect with uh, Corey Gustafson. He's uh, a business man. He's been a teacher, a professor. He's running for Congress in this race, and you got to talk with him. So here we are. So, Corey, welcome to the program. First of all, um, you got a successful business. I've looked at this. You've got the uh, dog-like brewing company. You're, you know, you're, you're, um, I, you know, your life is well uh, positioned. Why the heck would you want to go to Congress? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, thanks, Ed, for having me on. Yes, and uh, Ted um, reached out for you to for me to be on. And that's fantastic. Ted's a good guy fighting for uh, America. Uh, we need all the people out there that we can get fighting for our country. And that's why I'm running. Um, in San Diego, we have been a traditionally conservative district dating back to the Reagan administration, but things have shifted over the last 10 years. Right. And I've lived in the San Diego area my entire life and I was tired. I'm tired of the way that this uh, county is uh, headed and the man I'm running against, Scott Peters, has been in office for 10 years and the district doesn't have a lot to show for increased homelessness, increased taxation, uh, unbelievably high inflation. These are the policies that he supports from the Biden administration and Nancy Pelosi. And we can't take much more of it. And that's why I'm jumping into the fray. Uh, again, we're talking with uh, Corey Gustafson, and his website is uh, Corey for San Diego, C-O-R-E-Y for San Diego. Um, so uh, business, let me ask you about business, because a lot of people now are saying, hey, and, and I love San Diego and I love uh, the, the, you know, the economy in San Diego seems to me to be stronger than a lot of places because of all the diversity. There's high tech, there's healthcare, there's all this stuff. But we're going into something here now, whether it's a recession or just a rough time. And your, your, your background is as a businessman. So what do you see coming? What do you see? It, 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 there's no quick fix, right? But what's the, what's the starting point? Well, we, you're right. Uh, it's not a very good environment for businesses right now, specifically in San Diego. Uh, when we started Dogleg Brewing in 2019, the amount of regulation and the hurdles we had to go through to open up a brewery uh, were incredible. And that's not just in my industry, but in many different other industries. Small businesses in San Diego and in California at large have to 
overcome these regulations that are put in place not to protect the people, but to protect the bureaucracy in California and to protect union jobs. This is what we're fighting against in California. So the macro environment, the regulatory environment is bad for business. Um, and overall in our nation, um, we have inflation, which is just disastrous for every level of our country, for the individual, for business. And where it really comes from is the printing of too much money in our country. Um, as Milton Friedman talked about, is you can look at inflation all the time. Everywhere it happens, happens it's always a money supply issue. And what we've had over the uh, since the coronavirus, we've had massive government spending, six trillion dollars of printed money that has just increased the money supply. In addition to all the policies of the Federal Reserve, so when you have massive amount of money printing, you're going to have high inflation, and it kills savings, it kills investment, and we can in Congress when I get there start of stopping inflation inflation is trying to pass a balanced budget we can't spend more than we bring in it's that simple there are no easy answers as ronald reagan once said but there are simple ones and spending less than what you bring in is a good start uh we're, again we're talking with Corey gustafson and he is a businessman he's taught at the university level and uh running for congress now and his um his website again is cory for san diego.com cory for san diego.com all right give me a little compare and contrast no you know everyone says they hate the congress and they hate the incumbent excuse me they hate the congress and they have the congress approval ratings at about 10 and yet right. their own their own guy or gal tends to win they 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 bring home the bacon they uh they they um uh, you know obfuscate whatever. Give me a contrast between your opponent and you and how people can sort of see the difference, please. There's fundamental differences between Scott Peters and I. On the, on the, on the big level, he believes that government is a better way of running our society than the individual. I believe that the individual should be making their decisions to control their own destiny. Um, so we disagree on that. We also have to look at our backgrounds. Scott Peters has been in government for the last 25 years. And before that, he was an environmental lawyer. He has no experience running um, small businesses. He doesn't understand what it takes to be out there in the marketplace because he has just been living off the government uh, payroll for the last uh, 30 years. So this is in contrast to what my career has been, which is from a very early age. My parents are small business owners. I've been working with them. I worked my way through college and we've started businesses uh, as well uh, over the last few years, including Dogleg Brewing. So that is our personal differences. And then on policy, uh, you're right. The problem is, is that our Congress doesn't change. Because as long as you like your own congressman or woman right. uh, and you keep voting them in, you're not going to have any substantial change in Congress. If you keep voting for career politicians who are in there just to deliver bacon and provide uh, money to their union and special interests, we're not going to have any real change in America. So we have to stand up to these career politicians. And Scott Peters has been in Congress for 10 years. He's going for a sixth term here. And we have to look as a country at the records of our politicians, their records, and then judge them based on what they have done or what they have not done, instead of looking at what they promise. Because the Democratic Party and Scott Peters are really good at promising things. They promise more spending. Every solution they have to any problem is spend, 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 spend. And in the face of inflation, we see that you can't spend yourself out of this problem, as Joseph Biden tried to say the other day. We need to help <laughs> The American people get through inflation by giving them more money. No, that's what started the problem in the first place. Those stimulus checks that Americans got over the course of the last three or four years have 
increased our um, uh, cost of living. And those thousand dollar paychecks that we got have gone out the door when we have in California over six dollar gas, a dollar fifty of which goes to the government. Enough spending. Enough is enough of these career politicians. And if we're going to really change our country and make a Republican red wave in 2020, it should start with people like Scott Peters in San Diego. So how does it how does it again? Uh, we're talking with uh, Corey Gustafson and, and Corey Gustafson. His website is Corey for San Diego dot com. Check it out. Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. So how do you a small business owner and and especially in the in the um, what do you call it? Uh, services industry, you know, food right. and, and beverage. Uh, the economy, though, is so hot in terms of uh, unemployment. Unemployment. I mean, there's plenty of jobs, right? I mean, in fact, right. you're, you're going to tell me. I think it's hard to keep people working. So, what? How, how do we have such low? I used to say that when you have, uh, you can watch unemployment, you can watch consumer confidence, you can watch the stock market. You start to look at those three, uh, maybe one other one, and you can get a uh, sense uh, small business confidence. If I didn't say that, uh, yeah, small business. So those four, but unemployment is really pretty good, and yet right. the other basics are way off well that's true we it's hard to find good workers it's hard to keep people working um in california we have a very 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 high minimum wage so that makes uh, it tough to hire more employees um but what we're seeing the the unemployment numbers that we see are artificial um they don't include the people who have left the workforce and so what i think one of the main problems that came out of the huge government spending program that came out of the coronavirus is that we taught a new generation of Americans that you can, you don't have to work to get paid. And that goes against everything that we've been trying to do in the conservative movement and really in the, in the American government since 1994, when the Republicans came in with uh, under Newt Gingrich's leadership and he worked with Bill Clinton to reform welfare in America. And they said, you are not going to, we're going to reform welfare by making sure that people are working. If you're working, the government will help you, but it all depends on going to work. And what we did in 2020 uh, for, uh, through the Biden administration's massive unnecessary stimulus package at the beginning of their term, we told people, you need to stay home, stay home, don't right. go out, don't get a job. And those folks, uh, especially young people, I'm afraid, learn that lesson. Right. And now we're going to have to start all over again. And that's going to be what my campaign talks about is there's no such thing as a free lunch. And what we have on our side this time is the fact that people see and feel the effects of inflation. And when you just give away money, print money, that is not a good solution because you won't be able to afford to live and your savings will be destroyed and you'll be out of that free money before you uh, know it. So we need to return to a place in America where we reward hard work and invest in our workers rather than just giving people money to stay at home. It's uh, Corey, uh, Corey Gustafson is our guest, and I'll put it up on social media, Corey for San Diego.com, C-O-R-E-Y for San Diego.com. Hey, uh, Corey, keep us on a short uh, li- list and send, uh, come back on the air. Let's talk about it as we get closer. The, uh, you're through the primary, so it's head-to-head now uh, up to November, so long slog, and we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ed, and keep up the good work with your pro-America uh, agenda and standing up to the racist and and woke myths that you are. um, Yeah. Thank you. Every day. Thank you. You're nice to say, thanks very much. All right. We'll take a break. I'll put it up on social media again. uh, We'll put all the links to uh, his website and social media there too. Uh, Thanks, Corey. We'll take a break everybody. And we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the pro America report back in a moment. 
This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. President Biden's terrible immigration policy, especially repealing Title 42, is triggering a huge boost in illegal immigration. To make room for this massive increase in illegals, Biden ordered ICE to dismiss up to 40 percent of the 1.7 million cases that are pending for deportation orders in our immigration courts. This means nearly a million of these illegals will also get a free ticket to stay and collect benefits here. ABC News reports that DHS has prepared a strategic plan that includes frightening projections for post-Title 42 Southwest border encounters. The document says that the newly established Southwest Border Coordination Center is currently planning for up to 18,000 encounters each day. Let that number sink in. 18,000 per day is more than 500,000 per month and 6 million per year. The flood of people crossing our southern border is not some natural disaster beyond anyone's control. The reality, as stated by Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, is that this is deliberate. This is intentional. Jordan is right. It's an intentional ploy to replenish the shrinking number of liberal voters. On a related note, of the 10 House Republicans who voted with liberals to impeach President Trump, Congressman Fred Upton of Michigan is the fourth to announce that he would not run for re-election. The entrenched 18-term incumbent Congressman Upton's announcement came three days after President Trump held a massive rally in Michigan, which attracted 10,000 conservative supporters. At this Michigan rally, Trump predicted that we will be deluged by illegal immigration, amounting to 10 to 12 million new illegal aliens, all because of Biden ending the Title 42 restrictions. Grassroots voters are still rallying around the same battle cries from 2016. We still want our border to be secured. We still want to put America first. But perhaps most importantly, we will drain the swamp of any politician who does not reflect our values, regardless of what party affiliation they claim. Promoters of illegal immigration, be warned. It's time to update your resume. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we think it's time to take Washington back from the power brokers. At phyllisschlafly.com, we're organizing a grassroots movement to stand against the deep state bureaucrats who control government. For the latest strategies, go to phyllisschlafly.com. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, I wanted to uh, catch up here for a minute at the end of the program uh, and tell you, you know, we talked about a lot of issues. We've got a lot of things going on. And you heard my open where talking about people that are threatening other people. Well, let's finish on an upbeat note. Let's finish on what you can do, what you need to do. What you need to do is find the people in your community who are serious about and here I'm going to sound like uh, my old friend David Lane. David Lane would use a phrase like this. They're serious about loving on other people. Serious about loving on other people. It feels like a phrase he would say. But w- what they're serious about is finding ways to help people, not uh, bring negativity. Well, last week or 10 days ago, I don't know how many days ago, we had our great friend Bridget Van Means out for our Collegians Summit, Phyllis Schlafly Collegians, 29th Collegians Summit, where we had all these different speakers, all these different issues. And Bridget 
Vincent Van Means is the CEO of Thrive St. Louis. ThriveStLouis.org is the website. I'll put it up. And what they do is they just don't mess around. They just care. They love on people. They find ways to, to, to help, especially women, although they will help the men involved in pregnancy, but they really focus on the woman. It's one of the things Bridget has taught us so much to, you know, before you're starting to talk about babies, 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 and we all believe these are babies, you got to know that there's a woman involved and a woman is often in a vulnerable position and scared and lonely and has lots of issues. And so Thrive at St. Louis is extraordinary. It's filled with people who are not only caring, but they're also really smart. And why that's important is because they're trying to not just be sincere, they're trying to be successful. And this is a very important. You've heard me make distinctions. This is my kids get sick of this. I have, they call it dad's list, a list of uh, sayings that I say. It's not enough to be sincere. You have to be successful. In, in other words, you, you have to, and what you need to do is find the successful groups that you can especially support. Now, don't get me, don't get me wrong. If there's a pro-life group in your church and they are sincere and real and, and prayerful and all, that's great. Don't, I'm not saying to shy away. What I'm saying is there are also groups that are finding ways to impact things and they're very clever. You know, another example is Vitae Foundation. Vitae Foundation was started years ago and it was very, very clever about advertising, using advertising to communicate with young people, young women especially, about their pregnancy. Now, we're talking about pro-life here. What you need to do is find these things like Thrive St. Louis. And earlier in the show, I mentioned that there have been incidents where pregnancy resource centers are defaced, vandalized. Sometimes there are violence against uh, the the people that work there, or at least fear of violence, terrorism. When you throw a Molotov cocktail up up against a pregnancy resource center, it has a, a, a terroristic element to it, I think, meaning it's meant to cause fear and terror. But back to my point. When you go to thrivestlouis.org and when you study what they're doing and look at it, uh, it's wonderful. And I mean that it's, it fills me with wonder. It fills me with wonder because their approach is about loving on people. Their approach is on prayer. Their approach is on all the kinds of things that you want to believe are good and, and important. And then they're very, very clever about how to succeed about how to reach people. And what I want to encourage you to do, and we put it up on my social media. I was uh, texting earlier, I guess, email with uh, Gwen Kelly from our team. She said that she had posted up the Thrive, uh, Thrive, ThriveStLouis.org. And it's Thrive, the word Thrive, and then stlouis.org is their website. And we we're putting it up on social media. Support these efforts. Support these efforts. Fine. If you can volunteer, fine. If you can support it financially, fine. There's lots of ways to support what I would say is the good guys and gals, the good people who are taking their principles, taking their beliefs, taking their commitment and putting it into action. And sometimes it takes a little bit of effort. I know that to be true. You got to kind of kick the tires. Sometimes I remember the late Phyllis Schlafly describing that you want to go and she was talking about volunteering with a campaign. So you show up at a campaign and you say, you know, I'd like to help you. I think your candidate looks like he's he or she's really good on these issues and these issues I want to help. And then you find out that there somebody on their team is not good at getting you to to help. Well, you just got to move on. And one of the things that the late Phyllis Schlafly used to talk about is a campaign and effort has to be good at when someone comes and says, I'd like to help find a way for that person to be engaged. 
Well, thrivestlouis.org, Thrive St. Louis does that. Thrive Nation is what often uh, I'll hear Bridget Van Means talk about. So find the efforts in your community, pull yourself towards them, and see if you can get an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of people around you and in the community and the efforts that are trying to make a difference. That's my tip for you. That's what you need to do. And it's incumbent upon us, as I've talked earlier about how are we going to, how in a world that's full of all this chaos and negativity, how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to sink our roots in to the truth, understand what's happening, and then we're going to build around us and find around us one, two, four, five, six, ten people and build solidarity like like a forest standing together. You're not just one tree. Sometimes you feel like that, but a forest built around there. That's what we're going to do. So uh, look for those opportunities. I'll put it up on uh, on social media and on the website and uh, Thrive St. Louis. Great example of what I'm talking about and what you need to do. So there you have it. We'll take a break. When we come, we'll take a break. But tomorrow we'll be back with a lot more. It's Ed Martin here on a Pro-America Report. Thank you to Noah Dingley, our producer, Joanna Spilger, our associate producer. And thank you for listening. Visit ProAmericaReport.com and talk to you tomorrow. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.